Welcome to the Slay and Thrive podcast, where we make crushing your goals feel like self-care. This is the show that helps high-energy women trapped in self-destructive patterns cultivate an unapologetic, loving body transformation through spiritual and personal development. On this podcast, you'll learn about dynamic eating psychology principles, mindset, shadow integration, and manifestation. I'm your host, Kayla Van Egdom, a health and energy guide, unicorn lover, and Amazon best-selling author. I am so delighted to be on this journey with you. Let's get started. All right, so I believe it was last week, I promised an upcoming episode where we'd go heavy on the sleigh energy, and this is the episode. Get ready because I am pretty psyched for this one. This episode is going to be packed with ways you can take your personal power to the next level. I believe one of the ways you can become this unstoppable, badass force of nature is by refusing to put conditions on your willpower. What do I mean by that? How do we put conditions on our willpower? If our willpower was unconditional, we would always have it. We would have it when we were happy. We would have it when we were stressed. We would have it when we were angry. We would have willpower on a day where we have tons of free time, and we would have willpower on days when our schedule is filled with back-to-back appointments from 7 a.m. to 8 p.m. We would have willpower whether we're sitting at home or on an exotic vacation. However, I'm going to imagine that most people don't view willpower in this way there is a good chance you've put some conditions on your willpower. And these may be conscious or unconscious. If they're conscious, then what you're going to get from this episode is some new ways to think about willpower and some strategies to eliminate these conditions. And if they're unconscious, then this episode can serve as an excavation tool so you can figure out what unconscious conditions are lurking in the shadows. And as soon as we make anything conscious, we can start to work with and transform these things in an intentional way. In this episode, you're going to get a more empowering view on willpower versus simply seeing it as a finite resource. You're also going to get the three most common conditions we put on our willpower. There's three very common types, and you're also going to discover how to stop putting conditions on your willpower so you can become the most powerful, consistent version of yourself. I want to start by talking about willpower using the analogy of a muscle. You've probably heard this before, willpower is like a muscle, but I'm going to take this deeper. So, as I said, you've probably heard that in addition to willpower being a finite resource, it's also like a muscle. And muscles are going to fatigue and exhaust at some point or another. And this is true. You can't just do thousands of bicep curls in a sitting. 
depending on the size of the dumbbell you're using and your experience with doing bicep curls, your biceps could give out anywhere between reps and maybe rep 50. However, I'm also going to suggest that while we might be able to train our biceps or our legs or our core to fatigue in a controlled environment like a workout, isn't it also true that by training our muscles on a consistent basis, we end up having the capacity and physical ability to do our daily tasks of life? And this means Yes, our muscles might fatigue if we consciously work them to fatigue, but 99% of the time, they're going to give us the strength we need to do our daily tasks of life. Most people don't need to curl a dumbbell or any heavy thing, isolating their bicep 50 times in a row. However, by doing bicep curls as part of their routine, they can carry grocery bags or pull something heavy towards them when they're at work, for example. The muscle has been trained so it can perform on an as-needed basis in our daily life. And can't it be the same for our willpower? When you choose to consciously train your willpower over time, making it stronger and stronger, You're going to end up with the right amount of willpower that you need in the correct doses for your specific life situations. You're not going to need your entire day's worth of willpower to avoid using skip the dishes if you've trained your willpower to come home and prepare something enough times. You'll have the little bit of willpower you need for that situation. You won't need all your willpower for the day to get your workout done in the morning if you've put your reps in and if you've strengthened that willpower enough times. So yes, willpower is like a muscle and muscles can fatigue. And also, if you train your willpower in enough situations, putting enough reps in, I believe you'll eventually have all the willpower you need no matter what life throws at you. A big part of this training is removing any conditions you're currently putting on your willpower. Think about it this way. What if we put conditions on our body's muscles when we started a new workout program? Maybe we are brand new to exercise and we start out and we cannot do a lunge. We lose our balance, we fall over, our knees hurt because our legs just aren't strong enough yet. What if, you know, this person in this made-up example then set a condition on their muscle's ability? What if they decided that because they couldn't do a lunge at the beginning of their journey, it meant they would never be able to do a lunge? Can you imagine how limiting that would be? And we do the same thing with our willpower. Often, We decide that because a particular condition has historically depleted our willpower, that it will always deplete our willpower. But instead, you can choose to believe that one day, with enough practice and intentional building of strength, you can do a lunge. You can decide that with enough 
intentional practice and reps over time, you can withstand any condition that once depleted your willpower. From here, like nothing is off the table. Your potential is infinite. In the workout example, you can graduate from lunges to jump lunges. Your muscles have gotten stronger over time and they're able to take on so much more. When you build willpower intentionally and steadily for long enough, there will be no conditions on your willpower. And I don't know about you, but this excites the hell out of me. And I have seen this to come true in my own life. The next thing I'm going to talk about are the three most common types of conditions we set on our willpower. And then I'm going to talk about how to build our willpower in these problem areas. The first type of condition we set on our willpower is often emotional. We can make good choices and follow through on our planned actions when we're happy, energetic, relaxed, peaceful. And honestly, I'm not going to argue against the reality that it is easier to make good choices and follow through when we are in these more comfortable, higher vibration states. I firmly believe this is the case. And I also believe that every emotion has value and exists for a reason. And I also believe that emotions don't have to be a condition we put on our willpower. The key to build willpower, regardless of emotional states, is to first notice what states are most likely to cause you to deviate from your goals and plans. For example, you might do just fine with anger. Maybe when you're angry, you're more motivated to go do the workout or eat the healthy meal. Meanwhile, you might instead struggle more with sadness because when you're sad, you just want to crawl out of your skin and you'll do anything to distract from the emotion. So notice which emotions are the ones you create conditions around. Then notice when those particular emotions surface. This part is a practice in itself because sometimes we don't even know what we're feeling and it can be hard to distinguish one emotion from the other. And this is why I highly recommend some form of backing or connecting to your emotions on a daily basis. So you get really good at knowing this is when I'm sad. This is when I'm angry. This is when I'm hurt. This is when I'm fearful. Then when you notice the triggering emotion pop up, you can remind yourself, this is a chance to do a willpower workout. This is when it's most important to follow through on what I said I was going to do, because now I'm releasing a condition around when I have willpower and when I don't. This one showed up for me recently after I had, uh, we'll call it an incident at the passport office. And let me tell you, I'm pretty chill about most things. Having to go to Services Canada or Services BC is weirdly not one of those things. Having to go there puts me into this irrational state of aggravation and annoyance. And, you know, getting married and changing your name, you have to go there a time or two. So I first had to go to Services BC to change my name months ago. And we got there 15 minutes early, hoping to be close to the front of the line. Nope, there were like 10 people in line ahead of us. A few weeks later, I had to go to Services Canada as well to change my name on my SIN card. And I decided I'm just going to get there 30 minutes early, 
to, you know, not wait in the line. I can bring a book. I don't mind waiting there, like whatever. And of course, not thinking it through, I brought only my marriage license and not my birth certificate, which I also needed. And it was funny because I think I was out and about running some errands before this. And I'm thinking, oh man, do I need a birth certificate? I don't think so. I'll be fine. Dumb, dumb, dumb on my part. (laughs) So I had to go home and I went back another day to get it done. No big deal. Meanwhile, the guy in the kiosk beside me is trying to renew his passport and they send him away because he forgot to bring his original passport that was expired or close to expiration. And I'm thinking, oh, it's always something with these people, which, you know, it's fair. They need their stuff. It's like protocols. And then it came time where I need to also renew my passport, which is another thing you have to do even if your passport is still good for another five years. So when I had to renew my passport, I thought I went through everything with fine tooth comb. I looked at the checklist and I triple checked the list of what I had to bring. And I put everything so neatly in a binder, feeling really good about all that. Chris and I went on a hike in the morning before we were going to go to Services Canada. And as we're hiking, I suddenly said, Chris, I really hope I don't need my marriage license for this application. I can't remember reading anywhere that I needed it. Just like I had that thought about the birth certificate that both of, both times I should have listened to my brain and didn't. There was a part of me that wanted to go home and get it, but I didn't. I double-checked the list again and it said nothing about a marriage license. <laughs> I'm sure you can imagine where this is going. The worst part was we got to the office about 40 minutes early because our hike finished quicker than we thought so we would have had plenty of time to run home and get the marriage license and this happened to be an exceptionally busy day at the office and there must have been like 20 people behind us when we get inside I give the lady at the front the folder and she starts going through it she asks if I have my she of course she asks if I have my marriage license and of course now I'm annoyed af not at her, not at her, just at myself, for somehow missing the fact that I needed this when I thought I went through all the instructions so well. I said something about, I'm sorry, I didn't see that on the checklist of things I needed to bring. And then she said, well, it is in the instructions. And of course, then when I look the instructions closer on the way home, there's one tiny little line in the midst of the instructions about how to write your name that says something about if your name has changed as a result of a relationship change, please bring the documents to show this. Thought I read the instructions well, but I didn't think to read the instructions about how to write your name because that seems straightforward. Obviously, what I have learned from this is no matter what, no matter how easy and straightforward an instruction looks, if it involves Services Canada or Services BC or anything that's government related, I'm going to read every single stupid word on these applications. Lesson learned. So now I just tell the lady, okay, whatever. I'll just mail this in. She says everything else looks good and hands it back to me. But now I'm just super frustrated and irritated and not going to lie, also embarrassed because I have to walk past all these people in line who just watched me not have the right paperwork. So I finish photocopying the documents I need and I head to shoppers. 
And I was a little tempted to get chocolate or something indulgent while I was there. But I reminded myself that no, being angry and annoyed is not a reason to have chocolate. I didn't plan to eat chocolate today. I didn't plan to buy chocolate today. So I'm going to go to shoppers, mail this thing, and go straight home. Your emotions are going to fluctuate on a daily basis. When you decide that you're going to practice being who you want to be, regardless of your emotional state, that's a level of power that will make you feel unstoppable. The next type of condition we put on our willpower is around circumstances. I'm going to give two examples of what this looked like in my own life. I have a chapter about this first one in my book, Your Body is Not a Weapon, where I talk about trigger foods and trigger situations. I used to believe that I could not go to Save-On near my house after 7 p.m. without buying binge food. It was the place I almost always went to buy my indulgent food because it was close by and there were automatic checkouts. I didn't have to feel embarrassed about a cashier judging me for what I was buying. It was also less busy than other grocery stores in town, and I just felt like I had the lowest chance of running into someone that I knew. I could have continued to avoid this circumstance. However, this wasn't realistic either. At the time, I had a partner who didn't like to go to the grocery store at night in our part of town because she didn't feel safe, and I respected that and wanted her to feel safe and this meant she would often wait for me to get home from work and uh, at my past job I would often work until 6 30 or 7 p.m. Then I read this little ebook about habits and the author, I think it was Mark Manson, talked about how you could turn a situation that once felt stressful or threatening into a situation that was more like a personal competition or a challenge. So how is that for some slay energy? That is a great hack right there. After reading this, I decided to put that into practice. The next time my partner wanted to go to save on in the evening, I was like, yes, bring it on. Let's do this. I went in with her, walked around, let her buy her gummy candies or whatever snacks she wanted. And I left that store empty handed. This felt like such a victory. Because I knew if I could do it once, I could do it again. The circumstance, being in Save-On after 7pm, wasn't the problem. The problem was the story I told about it and the unnecessary condition I put on my willpower. The next circumstance is one I've more recently come to terms with. And this could be something that might resonate with you if you live with others or have children. I realized when I moved in with my husband and his son last fall that I had a limiting belief around another particular circumstance. I believed it was much easier to stay disciplined and consistent when I was in full control of my environment and what was in the fridge and pantry versus when I didn't have that full control. In my really weak moments, I had a limiting belief that it was impossible, impossible to prioritize my health goals when I was surrounded by other people's food. I had this story when my other partner lived with me too. One thing I celebrated about living alone again after she moved out was being in full control of what was in the pantry and 
more importantly, what wasn't. Then I moved in with Chris and his teenage son. And once again, I was put in a circumstance I struggled with. Again, I started to think I didn't have enough willpower to eat healthy when there were temptations like chips and ice cream sandwiches and toaster strudels in the house all the time. And I lived into that story for a few months until I became fully conscious of it and decided I wasn't going to live out that story. That was not a condition I was willing to put on my willpower. Changing this story and creating a new reality did take deliberate practice and it took more time and energy to plan my own meals and prep them and make sure they were around. But I've realized now that it doesn't matter what's in the house and it doesn't matter what anyone in the house is eating. I have enough willpower to make the choices that align with the goals I have for my health and fitness. And every time there's something tempting in the fridge calling my name, good. I want to practice exerting my willpower in these situations. The amazing thing about removing this particular condition on my willpower is that it's not only helped me, but it's also positively impacted everybody else in the household as well. If I'm doing more of the meal prepping and cooking, then both Chris and his son eat healthier meals as well. If I'm making food that has more vegetables and protein and nutrients, we can celebrate that this is something I'm doing that is supportive to the health of those I care about. And they've both noticed positive benefits, which is just super cool. Now, I want you to ask yourself, have you been putting circumstantial situations conditions on your willpower. Do you believe it's impossible to make healthy choices when you're at a certain restaurant or that you can't say no to your favorite chocolate bar when you stop at the gas station to fill up your tank? Once you know what these circumstances are, you can start to intentionally and occasionally put yourself in these circumstances. Get into that competitive challenge mindset and put your willpower to work. The final condition we put on our willpower involves time constraints. Many people feel like they can meal plan and eat healthy and work out when they have lots of free time, but when life gets busy, everything goes sideways. This is not to say that you don't have to make adjustments and lower your expectations about certain things when life does get chaotic. The reality is you might not always have time to work out for, let's say, 45 minutes is your ideal if you have a super busy day, but is there a way you can still fit in 15? You might not be able to spend two hours meal prepping on a weekend that's full and busy and there's so many appointments. But can you still plan for some low-maintenance, healthy items to stock up on when you're at the grocery store? At a minimum, maybe you decide you're going to throw some chicken breasts in an Instant Pot and boil some eggs so that you have easy protein on hand. When life gets busy and chaotic and your schedule is full, this is the best time to practice staying focused on your goals, at least to some degree, because not only is it helping you build willpower, it's helping you build another vital skill. The skill of flexibility. The skill of letting go of all or nothing thinking 
and realizing that there is still some modified way you can make progress towards your goals. The pace may be slower and you may have to make adjustments, but you can still make it happen. If you're in a busy season of life, which let's be real, if you're listening in real time, we're now into fall and this part of the year just flies by and we get into all the holidays. So if you're in a busy season of life, start to ask yourself, what if a time constraint was no longer a condition I put on my willpower? What if I built up my willpower in the midst of time constraints and also practice being flexible and agile as life throws its demands on me? That will make you unstoppable. You do this work and you're going to be an absolute force of nature. Because there's no uncomfortable emotion that's going to stop you. There's no external life circumstance that's going to break you. There's no time constraint that's going to hold you back from doing the thing either. Your slay challenge this week is to take one of these conditions that has been holding you back and do some willpower workouts in that area. So if you struggle with certain emotions, practice being consistent whatever that looks like to you, in the face of these emotions. If you struggle with a certain circumstance, intentionally put yourself into that circumstance with this challenge mindset and build your willpower muscle. If you're feeling limited by time, look for ways you can be flexible and still make progress, adjusting your expectations or your pace as necessary. And I say to choose one and be intentional about when you do these willpower workouts because you also want to avoid overtraining. So don't practice all three of these all at once. That's too much. If we go back to our muscle analogy, someone who's trying to improve their fitness or get in better shape is not going to want to train for an ultra marathon and a bikini competition at the same time. That would be insanity and would be detrimental to their physical fitness. Choose your willpower workout, practice on a deliberate basis without overtraining, and celebrate the increased feeling of personal power you feel as a result. Happy slaying, and we'll talk again next time. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the show. If you want to connect with a community of other amazing women who are conquering their goals, taking massive action, and loving themselves through the process, I invite you to join my Facebook community, Slay and Thrive 365. You'll get weekly challenges, motivation, support, and accountability as you move towards your goals. Hope to see you there very soon.